Today I'll be speaking with mayoral candidate Yimmy Mobilati. Yimmy's a newcomer to politics, this being the first time he's run for office. But he announced his candidacy early and has spent the past several months building his campaign and base of support. Yimmy has founded three businesses and has been actively involved in the community for several years. He was previously the small business development administrator for the city of Colorado Springs and the vice president of business retention and expansion for the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC. Yimmy first moved to Colorado Springs to start a church and later served as a pastor at First Presbyterian Church here. His community involvement includes the board of directors for Thrive Network of Southeast Colorado Springs, Downtown Colorado Springs, and Springs Rescue Mission, to name a few. He was in the 2020 class of the Colorado Governor's Fellows, won the 2020 Spirit of Entrepreneurship Award from Junior Achievement, and was the SBDC's Small Business Champion of the Year in 2018. For more information about Yemi, you can visit his campaign website at yemiformayor.com. Yemi, thanks for being here today. This is great. I'm glad you're able to join us. Kyle, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for telling my story. Yeah. And I'm always interested in candidates who are running for the first time and the motivation <laughs> and why, you, why you'd why want to put yourself through. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> no, that's a fair question. <laughs> but, but tell me kind of what motivated you to run. Why do you want to hmm. run for mayor or, or why do you want to be mayor? And maybe a little bit about why you think you're the person people should support person. for this. Um. Well, a friend once told me, I'm not sure I wish this on my worst enemy, <laughs> politics. Um, yeah. And it's not just me, but it's my wife, my incredible wife, who's an ICU nurse and nursing educator. And we are parents of three young kids, nine, five, and three. And the struggle is real. <laughs> um, so we're all in uh, along for the ride. I, um, so why? 26, 27 years ago, I moved to this great land called United States of America. About 12 years ago, I moved to this great city called Colorado Springs. I um probably one of the few candidates on stage that has been profoundly affected by the American dream. This land has given me opportunity um, to not only start a business, but to be a leader, find community, grow a family, and this city in particular. And being the the reformer at heart, being the leader, being a public leader. Um, so when I when this season started, most people were in surprise, including my whole community in Indiana, where I, I initially came in when I first moved to the U.S. Everybody just said it's about time. And so, um, yeah, it just seemed to make sense for me to give back to the land and the city that has given so much to me and that has helped make me. So, I, Kyle, I've always believed to whom much is given, much is required. Um, some, some attribute that quote to... Um, uh, our former president, uh, George Bush, um, but it really comes from the Bible. And, and I, it's me putting to use these treasures and these gifts that has been given to me for the sake of our city in this season because our city needs great leadership. Tell me a little bit about your background. Like, again, you just first time running for office. Right. You've started three businesses here right. in the town. And yes, sir. Yeah, one of the things I'm, I'm very clear is um, I'm proud to be a political newcomer. It's, I want to be there. I, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think our, our founding fathers intended to, that for, for politics to be a career. And I'm proud to disrupt that. Um, you and I were talking offline earlier, and I, I'm really proud to 
for the fact that my campaign is telling a new kind of story. It's activating all kinds of people, business leaders, nonprofit leaders, everyday residents, um, moms and dads. Um, I, my, my campaign contribution comes from just about every zip code in this, in this city. And that is, I, I'm really proud of that. But what I'm not new to is city leadership. I have proven time after over and over and and I've shown and proven how I'm able to successfully elevate residents to economic security and and small bit and small businesses and and residents of all types. So what I've done in this city is that I have started three three businesses. I've been proud to be able to create jobs and also increase the vibrancy of our community. My business is credited with helping to catalyze the downtown revitalization. We started that business at a time where nobody thought it could be done, and we proved that it could be done. Another thing I have been fortunate and blessed to be able to do is co-found an organization called COS I Love You. It's a play in words. We're saying Colorado Springs, I love you, and because I love you, I give. Because I love you, I serve. We've successfully, Kyle, been able to activate over 100 churches. You realize how hard it is to activate faith traditions (laughs) <laughs> That's hard, but we uh, we activated them, and this untapped resource, and uh, the one of the group of people I call the one of the most untapped resources of our community, and we've been successfully being able to successfully activate them to serve the city, while we may differ in traditions and worship style, let's unite over the flourishing of our city. And I'll say one more because I have so many, but one <laughs> of the ones I'm proud of is my work in city government. For three years, successfully being able to bring this, these government factions of our community to say, let's work together to create and streamline the process so that business leaders and residents can have easier access to govern, government information. So, in I mean, obviously throughout your career, you've had a lot of leadership positions. Yes, sir. How would you describe your leadership style? Extremely vision-oriented. I'm a visionary. I'm, I'm intellectually. I'm intellectually curious. I'm, I'm hungry. Um, there's an um, in my country of origin. There's an old proverb that says, um, "My mom taught me." Says, um, "The wisdom of others keep the king from being called a fool." Um, so, being like able to draw upon the wisdom and the expertise of others, it's why you, my uh, your listeners should expect that this mayor is going to be engaging the wisdom of our residents and listening and public engagement and participation, high priority of mine. And then number three, which I'm really proud of, is I am so inclusive. In fact, sometimes I use the word radical collaboration. I, I just feel like um, my table is big enough to bring diverse thought and neighborhoods to the decision-making table. So residents can expect that their neighborhoods will be represented at the seat of my table and the decisions that impact that community. So those three things, you know, vision, intellectual careers, curious, and, and collaboration will guide my leadership in the mayor's office. That's great. So in your throughout your career, obviously, whether it's on business or some of the things you've volunteered for, things like that, what's an accomplishment or something that you're most proud of? Mm, I just talked about one of them. Uh, that's a hard one to do because there's so many. And one of the things I've learned, Kyle, is I, 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 I really suck at touting my own 
successes. I do. My my debate prep team is coaching me to say, when you answer a question, talk about how much of a badass you were when you did this. Connect it to. And because I'm so much about the people, I'm easy to say, well, Kyle was part of that project. Yeah. And I want to give credit to others, the whole we before me. Yep. Some, some of that is leadership, some of that is cultural, but it is what it is. So I'm getting better. So I'm going to brag about my brag about myself um and these things i've already really commented on and yeah. one of them is being successfully being able to leverage my leadership to bring diverse faith traditions to the table yep. to say let us serve our city together there's a there's a latin phrase called communitas it's the latin derivative of the word community communitas is community that comes out of a shared mission so Kyle you and i can try to be friends and try to force that friendship and sense of belonging. Or we could go on mission together, serve, do something, and then realize, and then the byproduct of that is friendship and unity. And that's what we've been so we've killed two birds with a stone. Bring a group of people that don't always hang out together and do it in the name of serving our city. So we've impacted schools. Um, we have the largest um, volunteer movement in the city where we on, on, on City Serve Day, every fall, we deploy 4,000 people to wow. serve in over 200 locations, um, parks and, uh, and, and, and schools and social services. So that one is really what I'm, I'm proud of. And number two is the work of bringing these government factions together from across yeah. regional building utilities. Um, it's maddening as a resident when you want to plan an event or when you want to start a business. And you have to be the expert at figuring out how, how to navigate each government entity or like the work I've done with an incredible group of 20 leaders called the Colorado Springs um, for Small Business Advancement Team. We've been able to create this platform called Permit Partner coming out any day from now, and it unites all the government permit information into one seamless platform. So the business leader or resident in their PJs could go on the website and say, okay, I want to start an event in my neighborhood, and government, we've done the work for you as opposed to the other way around. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Really streamline the process. I and like there that. I am, bragging about myself. No, that's I'm getting of, better. That's part of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I think you were one of the first people to announce, as you've been studying things, and obviously you work for the city, right now, what are your three top issues that you want to focus on in the community or that you think are the most important in the community right now? Uh, that's a great question. And I just want to make a quick correction. I was actually the fourth to announce, um, which is a lot of really cool connections. By the way, yeah, I, was, I was number four, <laughs> uh, announced on April 4th in 2022. I am number four on the ballot on the election, which is coming up on this April 4th. So, right, so if you're superstitious, yes, then... <laughs> four, 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 four. So there you have it. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyle, it's also important for me to mention that the top three issues are the issues that I'm hearing from residents. Yeah. I've done probably close to 60 meet and greets across the city, which is unusual for a candidate, too. It's a whole different story. We've, we're knocking on doors, and these are consistent. So the first one is public safety as it relates to protecting our neighborhoods and keeping our families safe and preventing, a homeless, preventing and ending homelessness. Number two, as it relates to infrastructure. So this is, we're talking about bringing housing within reach for all Colorado Springs residents and ensuring our water resources for today and tomorrow. Number three, economic vitality. Um, I've talked about building a business-friendly city and creating a future-ready workforce. Okay. On public safety, one of the issues is 
a shortage of police officers that we're, you know, that we're hearing about. And yes, everything. sir. What are some ideas that you might have around dealing with that or some of the other public safety issues? Yeah, yes, sir. I, I, I mean, public safety is in our, in our minds. I, I, a resident reached out to me. I'm going to keep her name confidential. She, back in October, her son was killed in a traffic accident. And she said, uh, what are you going to do to ensure uh, our city is more safe? And I couldn't respond over email. I had to call her. And with tears in my because I'm a parent of, of, of kids, and that broke my heart. I mean, they're showing homicides where um, 54 uh, homicides, um, oh, just in one year, last year. Um, crime has risen 30% between 2015 and 2022. So it's something um, we got to get ahead of. And, yes, police shortages, one of them. And um, addressing our shortages with more training academies and I want to be at the. I want to be the lead recruiter of our future officers to include minorities and women. So um, this is not just going to be a responsibility of one of my team members. As mayor, I will be at the helm because the things that are really important and where the gaps are. I believe the mayor and the leader has to be very engaged in that. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, it's not enough to talk about recruiting. We have to close the back door. We have early retirement, and we're having a hard time with retention. So this can be this endless cycle of recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. But um, the profession of uh, policing is under so much pressure and stress. Mm-hmm. The, um, the challenges out of Memphis and Minneapolis have, have brought about better policing. And in my ride-alongs with our law enforcement officers, I've learned many of them are saying, we actually love some of the things that it's resulted in. For example, body cams. We want body camera, not just for you, the resident, but also for ourselves. You bet. So, yes, it's brought about better policing. And it's created so, so much undue stress and pressure that is political and social and cultural. And that is what's making this job so hard to do and people want to leave. So it's my intent to boost morale. And we're going to boost morale within the department and close that back door through leadership development work-life balance, and recognition for exemplary um, performance. We have to tell the good stories, not just the challenging stories. And that's really important to me as mayor. Good. You also talked about homelessness. Yes, sir. And I've lived here for 31 years. It has been a topic for 31 years since I've lived here. And, you know, we've seen numbers climb. Um, You know, 25 years ago, I worked on a, a potential project here in town to address it that didn't go forward. But again... It's constant. I mean, when Mayor Bach was first in office, that was one of his initiatives that that actually his wife kind of took the helm of and everything. And we always seem to kind of be dealing with it and not necessarily getting over the hump. Right. What are some things we might be able to do to help with that situation? Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And a strong emphasis on mental health um, care. The Colorado Coalition for Homelessness... um, Two years ago, mentioned that 70 percent of all homeless homeless uh, of our homeless residents in the state of Colorado is uh, connected to mental health challenges. Wow! And under mental health, we have substance abuse. Uh, let me tell you, I have seen this firsthand with my ride along with the fire department and the police department. And that goes back to our previous statement: is 
um, better t- better tools and training for our uh, first responders because it's a new type of public safety. Yeah. It's dealing with our homeless residents and transient population, and I'm watching our men and women have to figure out how to care for our residents that are dealing with mental health challenges. So we have to make sure that has to me that is at the very forefront of my mind as mayor. So we will continue partnerships with many of our local providers. I'm on the board of Springs Rescue Mission. I have witnessed what it looks like to have public-private partnership. Um, Our current mayor has done that well. Now here's what I'm going to do differently. I want to take that to the next level. I there will be strings attached to any kind of financial contribution, and that those strings would be organizations that are providing mental health care. That is a must because we know, I mean, that type of care as we're trying to move people out of poverty or homelessness back to housing and and, and jobs. Mental health care has got to be really important. Number two, um, increasing street outreach. With the homeless outreach team, it's going to be really important. We're, we've had moments where it, it's working more than others. And one of the things I've seen with The Place, and they provide um, um, homeless um, services to, for youth, um, to increase street outreach in a way that is done with compassion and to guide our homeless residents from street to care. Because it's not enough to keep having those services if nobody's there to take advantage of them. So we got to move that. And then number three, the final... Uh, we got some incredible, innovative programs out of the fire department, the public health, uh, the public and community health division. And I intend to make those permanent in the city's general fund. They're working. They're saving us money. They address the frequent users of the 911 system. And these homeless providers are trained in mental and behavioral health crisis and intervention and care. There's one issue on the ballot this year, and that's the extension of the trails and open space tax. Yes, sir. Are you in favor of that? Or? Absolute in favor. Good. I have paid attention to it. I've met with Susan Davey. I, I know the work of the, the Parks and Rec, and Rec Department, and we need, I mean, it doesn't really cost us much right now just yeah. because it's, we're currently, it's a very small amount of money. It's a penny on, on $10, really, is really what it's, it's a cost to residents. And I think that comes to about $14 a year for each household. Uh, we have to care for our trails and open spaces. It's it's what brought most of us here, yeah. the Purple Mountain Majesties. It's, it's really what inspired General Palmer, the founder of our city, to create a city, and might I add, it was so unpractical. It was not practical because there was no water access or anything, but it was the beauty of our trails and open system that really, that this city was birthed and what brought many of us here. And we have to find a way to protect and to care for it. And the TOPS ballot issue is a fantastic way to do that. And and that, obviously, the like you said, it's a small tax. It doesn't provide all the funding that the Parks Department needs. It gets significant funding from the general fund. Right. But back uh, before the big recession, parks was about 8.4% of our budget. Right. Right now, it's about 5.9% right. of the budget. Now, again, total dollars have increased right. a lot. So right. 5.9% is a, you know, in actual dollars right. is higher. Relative, yeah. But would you be supportive of 
trying to get parks back up to closer to that eight and a half percent. I mean, it would add about an additional eleven million right. a year right. into the parks department. Would you be supportive in of that? Prin- yeah, Kyle, it's a great question. In principle, yes, but in, in practice, I don't know, because one of the things on the listener, our listeners have to understand is, um, for relatively speaking, for a city our size, we have a very tiny budget. We're looking at $420 million in our general funds to pay for a plethora of services. Yeah. And so it's why things like TOPS, it's why things like the PPRTA, we have to find creative ways to pay for the things that we need. Now, I'm not suggesting any kind of tax increase or anything like that. I mean, yeah. people, I mean, inflation, the economy, I mean, people don't have as, people don't have as much money. Yeah. But... The reason why I'm saying I'm open to the idea is, do I want to care for our, our trails and open space? Absolutely. But I also have to balance that need with the fact that we still can't take care of our own potholes. Yeah. We have a tax measure that is going to sunset in 2025 that all of a sudden we're back to potholes. And I have to balance that with, you know, east, east to west connectivity and, and roadways. And I have to balance that with um, my friends that live in Benny Lewis um, Ranch and who are who are pressed for much-needed infrastructure. And I have to balance that with my wife keeps saying, we need to figure out how to get a loop around the city to go from east to west. So you get what I'm saying is yeah, that absolutely. Um, I, I have to look at, and this is where my business imagination plays into, okay, let's look at our budget. Where, can, where else can we cut the fat? Where do we need to make priorities right now? And what, what are those things that we need to prioritize over the others? So some hard decisions your mayor has to make. Any any leader that comes to your show and says, I'll give you everything you need, be run. <laughs> run. <laughs> we talked about this earlier a little bit before we started recording, but I want to go back to it. The new water rule that yes, the sir. city's considering right now, mm-hmm. the uh, 128% requirement to cover all current businesses and citizens and any property that might want to come in before anything can be annexed. What's your take on that issue? How do you feel about it? Are you supportive of it? Would you like to see it reconsidered in some way? Absolutely. I, it's, a, it's a very hot topic these days yeah. um, because that topic is really tied to, um, it's not in isolation. When we talk about water, the water ordinance, we're talking about growth. I'm knocking on doors on a weekend, and um, if I got money for every time a resident said, I, I'm, I'm really concerned about our growth. Very important um, conversation to have. Now, as mayor, I have to balance the fact that the Colorado River, it is drying up. We know it has some vulnerabilities. Um, We have to fully understand the extent of those vulnerabilities, and that's where some of the argument is today. I have to balance the fact that do we have enough water for today? Um, And do we have enough water for our future housing. Kyle, we are still about 12,000 units short of the needed housing. And I'm, I have great concerns about my own kids' ability to live in this city. Yeah. Um, supply is low, demand is high. Prices are going up. So how do we balance those two growth needs? Um, I call it the Abraham Lincoln way. When my team hears me say that, what I'm saying is it's a third way. In Latin, it's called a tertium quid. Um, we're constantly politics today is taking two ideas and just um, opposing ideas and just fighting with each other. 
And Abraham Lincoln is a hero of mine. We share the same birthday. Sunday is our birthday, February 12th. Um, so one a leader that I've studied and his ability to hold the union together at a time where it was almost, there was no hope. So instead of saying, do we, okay, on one hand, do we need more housing? Yes. Some of that is going to be within the city limit, limits. Some of that is going to be outside of the flagpole. Um, do, we, do we have enough water? We don't know. But the 128 is a good start. It forces a conversation to we need a starting place. That way we're not just irresponsible with our limited water infrastructure. Now, we cannot stop there. We have to take it one step further. So I'm in favor of the Water Commission that uh, City Council has recommended the task force to look at a regional conversation and to get a full assessment of the needs and the opportunity where I would go as far as to say we're having our own conversation. It's about right now whose interest potentially is going to affect. I like that we're here. It's a conversation that needs to happen, but it's, we just started, Kyle. There's certainly more conversation, and I fully intend to lead that conversation as mayor. Okay. So the, the vote next week, though, could, uh, in fact, if they vote to approve the 128, right. it's in a rule. Yes. It's a good compromise. It is a good company. It's a, I, I felt like they did, um, and kudos to our city council members. There was a, there's a lot of um, a lot of tension around that. It's a good compromise. Right? Okay. Right. Okay. We've talked about a lot of the issues here. Is there anything kind of on your mind or that you think is important to the community that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Um, thank you again for the opportunity to have this conversation. You and I talked earlier. Uh, you had just mentioned about. Um, Yemi in this race it's so out of left field <laughs> and and Yemi and it's weird I'm talking about myself in the third person and <laughs> Yemi is performing fairly well that's worth talking about um, the Gazette released an article um, two Sundays ago um, put me in the top four um, in terms of front runners um, 6035 media put me in the top three in terms of front runners and that has caught a lot of people's attention and what makes me a front runner yes it's strength of fundraising money talks in Put politics the, absolutely yeah. yeah and just in general money talks and, and people are put in you know you put your investment you where uh, uh, you spend around your values and the things are interested in so what makes people interested in in this um, candidate who started off as an immigrant became a proud American citizen and has community leadership. One, people are done with politics. I represent the pragmatic residents and leaders who are just stop with the special interest, stop with the political madness. We just need good leadership, sane, um, down to earth, and I just think there's a hunger for that. Two, people can relate. People want a leader who they can connect with and who will who understands the unique challenges they are facing. My story from being a small business owner, from being a, a dad and parent of, of young kids to my experience, you know, serving our community um, and being a community developer and a pastor, I just think people are ready for that kind of fresh leadership. And this is shown in my campaign with having over 500 unique donors 
right now. So it's that's what I mean. Money talks. I, I have yeah. contributions coming from just about every neighborhood and every zip code in this city, not just from one segment. So it's really worth. It's important paying attention to that, and that's the kind of campaign I'm running because that's the kind of leader the residents can expect from me. That doesn't change. Kai, one of the things I always push back when residents or, or leaders will say, well, oh, Yemi's so new to this. Can he do the job? Or what is his leadership going to look like? I would say, look at our campaign. Look at the strength of my team. Um, it's just unbelievable. My ability to pull the best talent around the table to solve some of our most toughest challenges, that's what my campaign looks like, and that's what residents can uh, expect from the future of their city and their mayor in the future. Yeah, I mean, the first strong mayor this town ever elected had never been elected before. It's not uncommon in our community. What's coming up in the campaign? What would you like to share maybe with listeners about events you might be having? Uh, we we have a... We have an event tonight. I know by the time this is aired. <laughs> this won't be out in time to help you know. with that. But. Uh, but, but as the listeners are listening to this, know that Thursday, February, uh, Tuesday, February 7th at FH Beer Works, <laughs> there is a beer being released tonight in my honor. And uh, that beer, it's a Mexican lager, and it's called Project uh, 42. So when the campaign started about a year ago, Kyle, there was... Um, um, I used to work at city government. I worked there for three years yeah. in economic development. And um, and by the way, I'm, I'm the only candidate that actually understands uh, as being one of the 2,500 people that will be leading. Um, but before I left, the the a lot of my colleagues who knew I'd be leaving the city to run, they became a phrase called hashtag Project 42. And it's a nod to me becoming the 42nd mayor of Colorado Springs. John Southers is 41. So there's been a lot of 42 um, uh, movement, including people giving $42 a month for my, um, for my campaign contribution. So that's happening. Um, we're telling 42 stories, each of them 42 seconds each, under my campaign banner of We Are Colorado Springs, because it takes all of us to make Colorado Springs into a world-class American city. And these are everyday residents and leaders who are actively working to make the city great. So we're telling their story. So my campaign is lifting up these 42 stories. So tonight is going to be this Project 42 beer, and we're excited about it. But for future events that our listeners want to engage, go to yemiformayor.com. Yemiformayor.com. It tells my story. Um, it has my detailed policies. Every single thing I want to accomplish in government it even has my philosophy of government, governance, how I make decisions as a mayor. And there's an events page, and you can see all the upcoming events. Some of them are uh, private. We have many private meet and greets, but we're, we're making sure that we have some um, public ones as well. Good. And come join me as we're knocking doors on the weekend. And so I invite, uh, I invite your, your listeners to join the most exciting campaign in our city's history. I spend a fair amount of time on your website. It is a good resource for anybody that wants to learn more about you and, and what your thoughts are on the issues and Thank your you. background and everything. Come so. find out why my campaign is growing so fast and why more and more people are signing up. It truly is, Kyle, I say this with humility, it truly is humbling. Um, when I Sometimes when I look at my campaign board of directors, I, I've gone from 
wait a minute, why aren't one of you running for mayor? Why am I not supporting? And they are just ready. They're just ready to take directions from me. And I, and there are times where it's hard and tiring. I don't get to see my kiddos anymore. My wife and I had lunch today, and literally she goes, hello, stranger. <laughs> Made me so sad. You know, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. And it's, it it's sun up to sundown every day, and that would just make me start crying. But I knew what I signed up for. And the moments where it feels I'm just so tired, and I walk into a meeting, my team, my, I have 40 volunteers actively, 40 volunteer staff, not just um, volunteers helping the weekend, actively working on my campaign. And they look at me, and I see the excitement in their face. And I know it's not just that they see me. They see opportunities by way of me that not only has local implications, but national and global implications of Colorado being that shiny city on the hill of what it looks like when we're all working together. And I know that they see that in me. And instantly I move from tiredness to excitement. I move from um, just thinking, man, what did I sign up for to let's win this. Yeah. Ah, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. It was great getting a chance to meet you and, and talk to you. This is the first time we've had a chance to, I know, to talk. So it's, it's good to I, meet really you, too. It. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Again, thank you for telling our stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast. This program is brought to you by Avant Strategies. Special thank you to producer Ted Robertson for help putting this program together. If you're interested in partnering with COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast, you can reach out to me at kyle at avantstrategiesllc.com.